Jamie Jamie should have died at the at the Battle of Winterfell. I I, I disagree. I disagree. He should have died. He should have died protecting uh, Brienne or Bran. I'm fine with either one. Why do you say that? Because they trash his arc after immediately afterwards. Do they? And it would be so much. Yeah, they do. Um, Jamie's arc ends up not in uh, towards the end. I'm not at the very end of it. It ends up in a place where he is confronting his past mistakes. Mm-hmm. And there's that really great moment when he first shows up at Winterfell and takes off his hood and he just sees Bran sitting in a wheelchair. And it's like this, like, Jamie hasn't been back to Winterfell since then. Mm-hmm. Like, Bran has very recently gotten back to Winterfell. And they're both, like, eight years later, eight years after the, like, inciting incident of this whole shit, they're standing in the in the same courtyard where they first saw each other. And well, one of them sitting, but you know, um, yeah. And I think it would be so much more powerful if Jamie's arc about confronting his past ended with him, like, being selfless, mm-hmm. Tr- like sacrificing himself to save Bran or Brienne, either one. I think it's. I think that is a much more powerful moment than he goes back on his entire character growth throughout the entire show and goes and, and dies in a, in a, by rock getting smushed on his head. I can't lie. And I do feel like a hypocrite and I'll tell you why, but I love that he regresses. It took me a while. Again, you saw me after the bells episode. I was like, man, but I kind of love it. It, there's something that feels so real. Cause yes, in the in the terms of story, yes, I agree with you. But on the terms with character, yeah, he's gonna go back to the one thing on this on the, not this planet, but that planet that he cared about. I will say uh, a show that we talk about, How I Met Your Mother. I oh. say it all the time. If the show was real life, oh, that ending's beautiful. That ending so beautiful if it happened in our real life world. Yeah. Oh, he goes back to, he holds up the blue French horn. His kids say it's okay to date his, their, their fake. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. But as a story that you invested in, it feels kind of cheap. We know that, that they don't work. We know this, we go, ah, ba, 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 ba. I feel that way wholeheartedly. But with Jamie, it doesn't bother me because they're the way I feel that the show is constructed is that, hey, that fantasy world that you know from Harry Potter, from even the Marvel movies to Lord of the Rings, all the all and all, everything in between. Throw it out the window. We're here to talk about these people, th- these these characters as if they are people. And I just, I really like that. I think it works even more with Brienne riding in the, help me out here, the the, knight, the, the knighthood book. The, the it's like the King's Watch, King's Guard book. I don't know. 
and I, I don't know if they ever name it. I love that she writes in it because I think something that was beautiful with Game of Thrones is that you do care so much about these characters. You know, it breaks your heart every time you see the Red Wedding. Breaks your heart when you saw John die for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is where the power of the show lies. Okay. Yeah. I here's 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 my thing. <laughs> I like there is a after after Benioff and Weiss get control of the show mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of season six. Um there becomes this huge problem. I think it becomes the biggest problem with the show mm-hmm. in general. There is a a lack of consequences. Every they make a lot of really really stupid decisions, especially in season seven and eight, that don't mean anything. That don't go anywhere. How Whereas, so? The entire, I'll get there in a second. Mm-hmm. Like season one, Ned makes a choice. He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell people that these are not Robert's rightful heirs. I'm going to tell people." And there's a consequence to that. He gets beheaded. He gets accused of treason, and he gets killed. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob betrays the phrase. He gets married to the woman that he loves instead of the woman that he's bound to. By by oath, mm-hmm. and he gets betrayed because of it. He gets killed. Joffrey is a horrible, torturous piece of shit. <laughs> so Lady Olena, like, is like, oh, he's a a dickhead. He, I'm not gonna let him marry my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill him. There's a consequence to everyone's actions. Everyone makes makes choices and makes mistakes and there's consequences. Then season season six, seven, and eight come along and people are just doing dumb shit and getting out of it because why not? <laughs> um, the, the, the couple of really big things are uh, I think Braun should have died saving Jamie when he was charging at that dragon. <laughs> I think because like Jamie makes a dumb choice, Braun makes a choice to save him in a horribly dangerous situation. You're charging at a dragon and they're just fine. You walk away scot-free. I have hardwood floors. This is not great for my cats. <laughs> it's just skitting them around. Um, and then the the big one that really pisses me off is their whole journey uh, uh, past the wall to capture a, a a zombie. Yeah. How the fuck does anyone survive? <laughs> It is dumb luck that Daenerys shows up. Like, it, there is no... Like, she shows up because they want to give the Night King a dragon. That's the reason. 
there's no like she's on the other side of the continent like it's it's wild that she just yeah she just gets there right in the nick of time and it keeps happening everyone is saved just in the nick of time and there's no like people are constantly making mistakes in those seasons and nothing happens everyone's just fine the veil shows up right in time to save the battle of the bastards Daenerys shows up with her dragons right in time to save the to save the idiots who who are trapped in the middle of a frozen lake. John even gets pulled underwater by a bunch of dudes, and he just he swims to the top. He's fine. And Uncle then, and then a second time, Benjamin just shows up. Just he's right there. Don't even worry about it. It is it is wild that the, that it keeps happening and it keeps happening. So it, so this is also where where I have that problem with with Arya killing the Night King and them trying to be all subversive in the last season because like Benioff and Weiss have moved away from that subversive storytelling. They have given all of their characters plot armor just to just to like not give a shit about them. It's so weird. It feels just so it's so like it's so tonally weird. To the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. I think what would have been really great is instead of John staying behind to like fight off the whites when everyone gets on the dragon to, to peace off, if that's how you want to do it, is Jorah sacrifices himself and Jorah dies then and there. Jorah still gets to sacrifice himself to save Danny, as we all knew was going to happen. But it actually had it's a consequence to their choice of going beyond the wall. Because the only guy who dies is the is like some random people who we've never met before, and then the priest who is just sort of there. I agree with you. There's a lot of the of bits of this show that do feel contrived. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> there, there's, there's not there there are bits of the show that that just do feel feel very very contrived it's so wild it's so wild man Mm -hmm. it really bugged me as as you can tell by my fucking about it um let's talk about something that we can agree on all right let's talk about and this is not the fault of benioff and weiss until later but it's mainly the fault of george r r martin and the the fantasy genre that exists, which is the rampant homophobia, racism, and misogyny that just exist in fantasy as a genre, and are therefore prevalent in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that they don't do anything with to, with or to they make the women genre. stronger. Sansa kills Ramsay. Uh, Arya kills oh, yeah, the Night that's, King. That's that's feminism, right there. Uh, uh, Revenge. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, we talked about doing the right thing last. Like, I don't know. Copy and paste. <laughs> it sucks. It totally I'm sucks. To have no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I don't want to fault you for having trying to have a conversation. Yeah, no. It's. It was my problem getting into The Witcher. It was my problem really getting in back into the first seasons of Game of Thrones because it's it is egregious. 
it is rough how particularly how sexist it is it's uh, so sexist like it's, it's crazy it's homophobic and, and it's racist worse. but it, it is very odd and it it starts off to be a plot point but then it kind of veers off yeah it, majorly yes the um, entire like Varys and and um Tyrion like suddenly not trusting Danny to be a leader feels very sexist and it's like it's just it's uncomfortable now that specific plot point I disagree. I okay. think it makes complete sense. I think slowly but ever so surely it all makes sense that someone who is the breaker of chains when they when someone does not bow to them that they burn them it makes sense that the people around them question their leadership. That to me just I is so disagree. Is, any is, any leader would do that. Any leader who is like, "Hey, I've just defeated you in battle." You can bend the knee or die. That's that's pretty logical. That's a pretty logical consequence to uh, my, someone trying to conquer an entire continent. But I think that's it. They were like, hopefully she's not a conqueror. And they slowly realize that she is truly more of the same. That's the. I feel like that's the point. It's that mindset. That they were hoping that she was different. And at the beginning of the show, she was different. But then she got into the game. She got into the Game of Thrones. And they didn't want that. Yes, it, it is It is frustrating that it did go well. John's great. Yes, for that is very frustrating. I'm not saying that's not frustrating. But that arc uh, for Danny, to me, it makes complete sense. I, I, I really, I hard disagree. Mm-hmm. Hard disagree. I think, she, I don't think at any point does she does do that. She does anything that is worth questioning her leadership until the bells. That is the one time that I'm like, all right, she, okay. Now she, now she sucks. But everything up until then, I'm like, yeah, you are like, you are trying to be the queen, the queen of this place. Like you have to do, you have to do some shit. I get it. Her I understand. Big pitch was that she was going to break the wheel, breaking the wheel, meaning that she wasn't going to kill people for her for her own pride. She wasn't just going to be not what she said. merciful. She she she. They thought they were getting a different leader, and they did it. I don't. <laughs> that's I, my thing. I, this is where I think that. I, it is, and then even with uh, with uh, Broad, Broad, yeah, that Brand Brand Stark, Brandon Stark, him, even with yeah. him being king again, it kind of sucks. Again, that goes back to the man. I understand that. It sucks real bad, but for a lot of reasons, not for him being a man, and that's the only reason for me. Uh, uh, for so me. many reasons. So um, many reasons. It makes no sense. Um, <laughs> it, that does, but to me, it is. It's the fact that they were tired of this system and she came up and they were like, yo, she's great. She's dope. She's got dragons. She's breaking chains. She's freed people. She, she's it. That's it. 
and then she it's 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 the 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 Tullys that they she could have just had the prisoner. They could have they could have done something different, but no, she became she was slowly but ever so surely becoming a tyrant. I and I think so that's disagree. very interesting. I will have to say, I I I don't know if 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 Walter White can break bad, why can't Danny? I'm here's the thing. I'm fine with with Danny's story being that like absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm fine with that being her her arc and her story. Mm-hmm. But it may it does not like. In the stuff that happens in the show, it does not make any sense that suddenly all these people are like, she's not fit to be leader because she's doing all the stuff that leaders do. That like that these bad leaders off, have done in the past. They, but they laugh off like moving forward, truly breaking the wheel. They laugh off democracy at the end of the show. Yes. So, what the, so it doesn't. So they're just. So nothing changes. Like all they're doing yes! is like it's it's purposefully unsatisfied because humans are broken. Yes! Yes, Sam! That's it! No. no. <laughs> Society suck, stories are great, and the Starks are gonna be alright. That's the that's the ending summary of I, the entire show. Being so a noble trash. person, it will get you far. That's so that's so misguided. The whole beginning of the show is being a noble person sucks. Ned Stark is not a long man game. in the entire Westeros. Rob is incredibly noble. Like all these noble people are so upstanding and good, and they all die. And it's wild. Danny spends the entire show saying, I don't want to kill people. She spends all of season season seven is entirely put on hold. Like the war, the fight is on hold because Danny refuses to go and kill people at King's Landing. That is the entire point of season seven. And season seven fucking sucks because nothing happens. Nothing happens in season seven because Danny's like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go kill people. And then season eight comes around. And she's like, nah, just kidding. JK. Gonna go, gonna go do some murder. Gonna go do some genocide on this fucking city. She was tired. She 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 didn't see the other way. And what the show is that they're hoping that a leader could find another way, because all of their leaders have only used the one way that worked for them. It, and so they just pick another leader who's gonna do the same shit. No, well, hopefully, and that's the thing. Hopefully, maybe Brand will be different. Hopefully, but he won't. But he won't because when he shows up to the to the small council meeting, he goes, "We appear to be missing missing a master of war." If he's supposed to be all knowing and all chill and peaceful, why the fuck would he need a master of war? Interesting. Well, also, why why isn't Brown master of war? It makes no sense that he's master of coin. Yeah, I will. I, there's something we can agree on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hundo uh, no P. Um, if they're gonna, if they need a master of war, just make Brown. Like he said, I wrote it down. Ba ba ba, ba ba ba. Oh, I didn't write it down. That was one of the ones I didn't write down. At some point, early on in his little story, he says, "I've never loaned anyone money. I don't understand the rules." And then they make that guy the master of coin. They make him in charge of money. The guy who doesn't understand how money works. 
it's just it's just there to be cute. I get it. I get that's frustrating. It is a bit frustrating. Um, also, season two, episode nine. I've never known bells to mean surrender. Who says and that? Davos says it right before the uh, right as they uh, are doing the Battle of Blackwater, motherfucker. They're approaching on the ships. The bells start ringing. His son goes, maybe that means they've surrendered. And he goes, I've never known bells to mean surrender. Season two, episode nine, baby. (laughs) I wrote it down. I wrote down every time that Daenerys said something that goes against her murdering. Season three, episode three, the blood of my enemies, not the blood of the innocent. Uh, But what you're saying. Episode seven, I'm a queen, not a butcher. Season 6, Episode 9. Our fathers left the world worse than they found it. We are not going to do the same. Season 7, Episode 2. I'm not here to be Queen of the Ashes. Season 7, Episode 5. I'm not here to murder. But what you're saying is that what she can't change. She couldn't have a, 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 an arc, a character Season arc. 7, Episode 5. In 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 episodes... Yes! She's going to change her entire character in 5 episodes? Yes, because she saw that kingdom she saw everything that she had to do and she got mad she got mad that Sansa didn't like her she got mad that if anyone found out about John they're gonna question her leadership she got mad she got mad so what did she do she killed everyone she killed everyone and she said question me next time question me next time son question me it's (laughs) this is something I feel like we'll just we have to agree to disagree. <laughs> it frustrates me to the end of time. Also, season seven, episode three, I can never be Lord of anything. I'm the three eyed Raven brand. And that he's like all shit. He's yeah. like, Oh yeah, of course I came to King landing to be a King motherfucker. Yeah. He's Which never going to be of, Lord of everything. He's not going to be Lord of anything. They literally say Lord of the Andals. That is part of the title of being King. It's it's wild. It's so stupid. It's cheeky. Um, it's so dumb. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, also, speaking of Jamie's arc, uh, remember that time when he's all captured uh, at the end and, and Tyrion's comes into his little tent? Yeah. And Tyrion's like, if not for me, do it for the people who live in King's Landing. And he says, oh, I've never really cared for them. They don't matter. Or whatever he says. I can't remember exactly. Ugh. Season three, episode five. If your king commanded you to kill your own father and stand by while thousands of men, women, and children burned, would you have kept your oath then? Jamie. Talking about killing the king. Becoming the Kingslayer. He cares about men, women, and children who are just chilling in the city. And then he goes, nah, I never cared about them. But he clearly did because that's like his whole shit. It pisses me off, man. I'm so, I hate this last season. I like it. I, I think he. I, I think I, he was just being being a quipper, just a quip, just just a. I never. I don't. It, it, I, for me, that that line always felt hollow. It never felt like I he d- actually uh, meant that. I which one? The one where he doesn't care, or the one where he does? The care? one in season eight where he's like, "I never really cared for the people." It's like. I think it's supposed to be a little. He killed. He he started this whole thing. I think yes. He. I think it's a joke, but I could be wrong. Who knows? I I really. It does not come off that way at all. At all. Um. Oh man. Oh man. 
What a fucking what a fucking wild show. Uh, uh, do you have anything you want to talk about? I have I have more stuff. I have more random thoughts that we can talk about. Uh, I think one thing that really gets me is, and this everyone's a fault to it, but I feel like expectations really mess. Because, again, I'm speaking from my own experience as me. Expectations really mess with how you perceive something. Again, the bells happened. I was mad. I wrote off the show. Sam was there. He could tell you. I was like, man, this is is whack. It it remains whack. uh, But it it was literally... Tyrion turning around and said, but who has a better story than Brand the Broken? I was like, oh, 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 that's what we're doing. I pick up what you put down. Can you can you explain that to me? Because it choosing Bran makes no sense to me at all. Like, it's so wild. It doesn't make sense for his character. It doesn't really make sense for Tyrion's character. Like... It it really is just so wild that they're just like, yeah, this this guy. I think for me, I was thinking about what I was watching it just earlier today. It's very every a lot of people's choices for king would more than likely start another war, another legacy, another hundred year war. Broad is is in a wheelchair, Brad. Why, why, why did he do that? Why did he do that? It feels like George R. R. Martin specifically said, "Hey, there's going to be a kid named Andrew Thomas who's dyslexic, and I'm getting, and he's going to talk about Game of Thrones to people, and he's going to mess up and feel embarrassed because I hate uh, also, Andrew Thomas." Also, earlier you said the Tullys when you meant the Tarleys. <laughs> yeah, maybe the show does suck. Yeah, maybe the show does suck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, for me, it, it is, it's the, how do I phrase this? It's the one with, it feels real. It feels like that, what's something that would happen it, or something that you would hope would happen because Broad is the one, is the person who has, yeah. uh, uh, the least amount of like people wouldn't be mad if Broad was the king because what's Broad gonna do? Again, he's not gonna have kids. They're not gonna be a legacy of the Starks. People will choose. We're gonna have a semi democracy, but not really type of government, and just hope for the best because that's all we can do at the end of the day. I there's something very poignant about that. That it's not. You know, sunshine and rainbows, or fires from hell. We, we we were all expecting that. We were all expecting John to either sit on the throne, and we're all happy, or the Night King to sit on the throne, and everyone dies. And maybe we have hope that life will carry on later. But they picked the most middling choice. I hope I'm using that word right. Um, yeah. And it's that scene. I I was because I watched it with Justin. I love the scene where Tyrion is ch- putting up the chairs. Maybe we could do it differently this time. Maybe we could do it better. Let's have some pride. Let's have some swagger. Let's let's do it right this time. And then everyone comes in and messes up the chairs. 
I like that scene too. It, it's it's uh, just wishful Andrew, thinking. I think, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, but for me, I feel like expectations really a lot of criticism, not yours, but a lot of other people's criticism is I what well, I didn't what happened. I didn't want this. And we hear this a lot with Avengers and and, 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 uh, Star Wars and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Because what I didn't want happened, I hated it. And it's... That's fair. And I, again, for the first half of season eight, I was like that. I was like, what's happening? They should have done this. They should have done that. And I don't know. I feel like that's unfair to the creators. I, I just, like, honestly, truly, that moment just, it comes out of nowhere for me. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. It's such a wild, like, and, and I'm not talking about, like, character to character sort of stuff. I, I'm talking big picture when I say, like, I don't think it makes any sense. I don't, and I don't, and and it's part of why I don't think Benioff and Weiss are good at writing stories. I think they are really good at adapting stuff, but I think as because as soon as they gain control of the story and where it goes and and what is happening, they just lose it. They just lose. They they just lose all of all of the all of the things that make the show good like disappear slowly. It story wise. Um, it's just like smart characters become dumb and like things like, again, that lack of consequences, like they don't think through like these different plot points and they don't follow them to their logical conclusions. It's so weird. Like just uh, like, uh, and, and even in some moment to moment stuff, like why is there that whole weird horse thing at the end of the bells? With Arya seeing this white horse like running through the streets, I, I mean, it's such a weird because it looks like, pretty. That's probably the beginning and end of it because it looks pretty. But like, you're I agree the with last you. That. Season of the biggest show of all time, and you're just like, I don't know, it looks pretty. I but agree with you. Really, there. it really just it really bugs me. This, it really bugs me. This show is not perfect whatsoever. But I feel like when... And I'm curious to see how the last two books wrap up. Uh, I'm not going to read them. <laughs> Someone will tell me. Someone will tell me. I have Wikipedia. Um, yeah. I'm curious because I really like that they did make it their own. I, it, As I say all the time, big swings only. And Bidioff and Weiss made it theirs. They said, we love you, George, but now it's ours. Now this is our baby. And they took it in the direction that they wanted to. I agree with like half of it, even a little bit more than half. There are some things, there are not a lot of consequences that happen. The teleporting in, in the map where in earlier seasons yeah. it took episodes to go somewhere. Even those those earlier seasons did have some pacing problems. It it must have been a burden to figure out the ending to this. Especially 
that they probably didn't want any help from George uh, George R. R. Martin. And for me, I really, really liked how it ended because it's just their their moral is is that like, hey, look at look at you, look at your system. What can you do? You can be noble. Will it work out all the time? Definitely not. You might lose your head over it, but sometimes you might be the queen of the north, an explorer, or you might live a life. But when you're corrupt and you try to play this game, this system that's already broken, and you try, you will more than likely most definitely fail, and you will become what you hate. I I think that's quite beautiful. I disagree. I that's fine. I I, just, I, just, I know I'm in the minority. It's just this show. It has. It has a lot going on, mm-hmm. and Benioff and Weiss really just. I think they really lose sight of so much of what the story is in favor of uh of that like we're gonna make it ours Mm -hmm. thing i think in doing that they lost sight of what had happened in the first four seasons in the first five seasons Mm -hmm. like it because it it like it shifts so much they start putting in jokes yeah once they get control and it feels so weird. Like this has been a grim, dark fantasy, like no one is safe story. And then season six comes along and like in the second or third episode of season six, they put a fart joke in there and like people have like plot armor and it's just like an Ed Sheeran shows up. <laughs> Ed Sheeran shows up and like sings a fun little song. And I'm like, what's happening? Like, it's so weird. It's so weird to me. Why? And like, but the, but like, I also get it. Like, they were being they were being praised as like some of the greatest storytellers of our time. Like, mm-hmm. constantly for years. So, like, I get it. They must. They they think they have to think that, right? Like, everyone's telling they're winning all these awards. Everyone loves the show. All this stuff. Blah blah blah. I get that they like they got control and they're like cool. Well, clearly based on the last 5 years of our lives, we're killing it. So let's just keep killing it. But I don't think they know what they're doing. Mm. Like by their own admission they don't like they don't think themes are important. Like it's so crazy. What do like, you mean by that? They don't think themes are important. Oh, uh, themes are for eighth grade. Eighth grade book reports is a direct quote from one of them or both of them. Yeah, uh, I think from from an interview that they did together. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but they so they clearly don't know or don't or maybe they know and they just don't care that stories have themes and those themes are are what make stories good Mm -hmm. because they abandon most of them like as soon as they get control of the show so much stuff is just like gone 
and the stuff that is left is is rushed through and not thought out and and it goes to just being regular fantasy and that's not why that's not why i like game of thrones i don't like game of thrones because it's lord of the rings mm-hmm. i like game of thrones because it's game of thrones because my favorite character dies at the end of season three like <laughs> i love that stuff i think that stuff is amazing mm-hmm. that like th- that you can take these i think subversive stuff is very interesting i think that that game of thrones did it for a really long time for four seasons it was killing the game i i do have to say but you 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 say that but you say that daddy's arc is it great you say that that aria is it's an odd choice for her to kill the Night King that they try to do subversive things, but it just doesn't land. I I don't know. Yeah, there because, was this started off as a question, but now it's a statement. <laughs> no. Well, well, I say that because like, like I like subversive storytelling. I do. I think it. I think it's interesting to play on play on your, the audience's expectations. I'm down to do that. Mm-hmm. As we know, listen to me talk about the Last Jedi, like. That's all about playing on your expectations of what's going to happen. That whole movie. And it's so good. It's like one of my favorite movies ever made. Um, and the the issue I have is that I they, they aren't being subversive. They're being surprising. And those two things are very different. Okay. Okay. Subversive is is playing on your expectations and twisting them and, and making them something different. Surprising is just like stuff just happens. Mm-hmm. Like the dragon getting shot out of the sky is just surprising. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It Which is, is not totally subversive. Fine. Mm-hmm. It's not subversive. It's not trying to be subversive. It's just there. Mm-hmm. But there's an issue with it in terms of uh, this is sort of going off track. But then like those scorpion bolts that they have, the giant crossbows have pinpoint accuracy when they kill that dragon and then they never hit ever again. And it's very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I talking? What was I saying? I was just, Oh, surprising. So it's the thing that uh, I think plagues JJ Abrams writing as well. Mm-hmm. That they want to surprise you in what they're doing and not subvert what's going on. Uh, like Lost, uh, which is a J.J. Abrams shebang. Um, I never watched the show, but I've heard the stories. I've heard the the tales. We gotta go back! Um, that the audience had figured out that the island was purgatory. Mm-hmm. That that was the whole point of the story. The audience had like really paid attention, was really like engrossed in the story, and they were like, "Ah, oh, it's purgatory. We did it. We figured it out." And that's good. Your audience being able to to follow the stuff that you've set up to its logical conclusion is good. Mm-hmm. That is a good. That is that means you are good at writing. But what Lost then does is go, no, it's not purgatory for like a couple seasons or something. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, it goes, no, just kidding. It is purgatory. Yeah. And they only do that because it's surprising. Right? Yes. And I think Benioff and Weiss do the same thing in Game of Thrones. People had figured out, you know, that 
John was a Targaryen, that, uh, you know, all this different stuff was good. They, they sort of were piecing together the, the pieces of the puzzle that were left there by George R. R. Martin and by Benioff and Weiss, although much more George R. R. Martin, obviously. Um, and so Benioff and Weiss seeing that like, Oh, these people are figuring out the story before it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't have that. We have to be smarter than our audience and we have to surprise them by doing other stuff. And I think that, I think that's just misguided and, and I'm not a fan I, I get that. You know, I sort of went off a little crazy. I don't know if I made the point that I was trying to make I th- at the beginning of that sentence. I think I get the point that you were making. Uh, I just, yeah, I just don't think a lot of the, if anything, what I like about season eight is that nothing is subversive or surprising. I feel like if someone sat me down in front of, uh, before season eight even happened, they're like, Andrew. Tell me, don't make a joke. What do you really think is going to happen? How do you think this whole thing is going to end? I'd go, yeah, maybe, maybe they're going to find out. Maybe Danny tries to kill, kill John, or maybe Danny like becomes evil because she's been kind of, she's been thinking she's too hot for a while. Maybe she comes evil, and John kills her. He wouldn't want to be king, so maybe that happens, but. I don't think they would kill John or Arya or Sansa. That just feels mean. Why would they do that? I feel like I could more or less, probably less, figure out how things are going to play out. And they really work, again, for me, is the the actors, the... I, I will say the writing of story is here or there but the writing of dialogue the moments between characters are rich um and yeah i that's where season eight and the whole show kind of worked for me it made me realize that you can have a show solely for characters and make that feel satisfied because i i was satisfied at the end of, of that last episode i was not um <laughs> Anything else? Just, uh, just like some some other fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid a lot of attention to what episodes they did and didn't write mm-hmm. throughout the whole series, and almost all of the best episodes are not written by them. Mm-hmm. Um, like season by season. Let's let, let's look at this. Um. So season one is mostly written by them. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job in season one doing the adaptation. Um, but uh, probably one of my favorite episodes of the first season, uh, episode eight called the pointy end um, is when uh, is when uh, Aria like escapes uh, capture uh, and uh, what's his name uh, like fights the dudes with his wooden sword and like all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, that one's actually that's written by George R. R. Martin. Oh hey, I that didn't know that was. Yeah, uh, season two. What do you say to the uh, god of death? Yeah, not today, baby. Season two, episode nine, Blackwater, the best episode of season two, written by George R. R. Martin. 
season three. Uh, season three is the first time that one of them directs. Benny after Rex, uh, season three, episode three, uh, which is the episode where, uh, like Jamie's hand gets cut off. Oh, I love all it. All that stuff. I love how um, that's the only time you hear modern music. His hand cuts off and that's a rock song. That slaps. I hated it. Really? Yeah. I was like, especially because like, it's such a dark moment. This is also one of the first times that the show was like insanely sexist by the, this is actually the first time that they make a, a woman being raped about the other man who's not involved. Um, which is fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, but Benny Offer directed that one. It was his first time directing. Um, and then, but then the episode, like, the episode, one of my favorite episodes of the season, uh, The Bear and Maiden Fair, when Brienne is stuck in the, in the, fight with the with the bear yeah. and Jamie like comes and gets her and all that stuff. That one's also written by George R. R. Martin. Uh like a lot of the a lot of the best episodes. Not all of them. Benny Off and Weiss, they did write a lot of the good episodes. They just they've just written most of the show. They're also the showrunners. They are the showrunners. Yeah. But a lot of the like really, really good episodes are not written by them, mm-hmm. which is part, which is part of why I think they, they should have handed off the show to somebody else. Brian Cogman was, was a writer who wrote most of the other episodes. I think he's like the second most writing of episodes out of, out of anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know why they wouldn't just hand it off to somebody else. It just really bugs me um, that they, that they, to me, it feels like Benioff and Weiss wanted to leave the show, but they didn't want to give it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving it to somebody else who could finish the stories properly, who could really like not rush through these really important character changes, if we're like assuming that we're going to end up in the same place, nothing is going to change story wise. Danny's still going to go crazy and kill everybody, and John's going to kill her. Arya's still going to kill Knight. Like, all the stuff still happens the same way it does. But it's just given more time. I think it could, I think that could fix it. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I just, I wish they had handed it off to somebody else is, is sort of my biggest thing. Uh, I have a couple other random thoughts. Okay. Um, ba, ba, ba. uh, I wish there was more singing. <laughs> yeah. Because Braun can sing and Pod can sing. Like, they're so good. Um, it's great. I wish there was just more songs. No, I agree. I love a good song. Yeah. Um, random thought. Oh, the fake sibling rivalry that they do in Season 7 is super weird and very pointless. And it's just so strange. There's a lot of siblings. What sibling rivalry? Oh, sorry. Uh, Sansa and Arya. They're a whole rivalry thing to, to trick Littlefinger. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's it, so it, weird. What's, it's contrived. It's, hey, remember these girls that like each other. Hey, remember, we're the sexist show, right? We're going to pin two women yeah. against each other. Wait, nope, we're not. 
<laughs> they're all foiling Littlefinger. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the meeting where they take the zombie to Cersei should be incredibly tense because they're all sitting there, mm-hmm. right? Like they've called this like armistice or whatever to chill and not kill each other, but it's Cersei as Danny as John, and they're all just sitting there, and it's not tense. It's kind of boring. I was. I I will say I was not tensed. But I was not bored either. I was I was a little bored in that in that scene. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, did Cersei forget about the witch's prophecy that she got when she was a kid that she would only have three children? Because she seems real set on having this fourth child. I th- I think that's the 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 point is that she's like, if I get this child out. I can I can defeat this witch. I can, or do you know what I mean by when I say defeat? Yeah. Uh, I can prove the I witch guess. wrong. It just is so weird. It just feels really weird. It <laughs> feels like I mean, I, another quote that I have here from Benioff and Weiss. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but when the dragon gets shot out of the sky in the Ooh. little like post episode interview thing that they did, they one of them said, "I guess, I guess she forgot about the Iron Fleet." I don't know. I guess, I, guess, I guess she forgot. That's why we killed the dragon. It's fucking stupid. Um, anyway, I uh, got no reaction from Andrew in that one, so I'm just going to move on. Um, ooh, the shittiest, I will t- say, the I will bio. say, you are, you are, you are very close to Cinemasins. <laughs> you are, you are quite close to the Cinemasins line. How? I uh, story's got a story. I. At one point, they wrote the story's it. got a story. I they wrote it, and they don't even know why she she does the what she does. Like mm-hmm. they wrote the dragon dying in that way, and they just go, I don't know. I guess she forgot. Filmmakers, TV show runners, they like to be coy. They like to say, I guess she forgot. They didn't know that they were going to have this big backlash. <laughs> I think they meant it more like, I guess she just forgot, you know? But they don't In say the it same like way, they like, very Bong Joon Ho is like, oh, yeah, Parasite's just a family movie. Bring the whole kid, bring kids. It's a family film. Watch it. You'll see. Yeah, but it's a he's, family film. He's, he says it with like a little twinkle in his eye. They do not. I feel they like- say it seriously. Uh, anyway, uh, the shittiest Tinder bio I have ever seen. Uh, if you if you want a whore, buy one. If you want a queen, earn her. Yeah, it's, I still see that on Tinder. Uh, me too. <laughs> it dry, It bugs me. Um, why does why does Euron kill Jamie? Why does why does that fight happen? It's it feels very weird. I don't like Euron. Also, I hate Euron. I think Euron's really weird, and I got problems with uh, Ramsey. The reason why Ramsey yeah, exists yeah, is Ramsey because they needed another Joffrey. The reason why Euron exists is that they needed another Ramsey. A uh, Ramsey. It, it, it's yeah. Well, Euron, Euron, exi- Euron is also in the in the books, Ooh. Um, but he like is ju- barely in the books. Like he's just shown up. Uh, oh them laughing away democracy is a fucking wild message to put in a show about politics i love it (laughs) oh oh, oh, it bugs me uh 
Um, we're still gonna. Try, oh, at the we're still end. gonna try to live in a capitalist society. There's protests all over the world, but we're still gonna try. People are gonna laugh off. Um, uh, at the end, this was this is my most cinema sins thing that I ever that I've ever wrote. Um, it's full on winter at King's Landing. Why are there green trees and no snow in this meeting when they choose Bran to be the king? Like we've seen snowfall at King's Landing, and it's like summertime. It's it, that's the most that is. I admit that is cinema sins, but it bugged me. I saw it and I was like, "What the fuck?" Is I mean, winter. I had to. Wasn't that the whole point of this happening? Whatever. I had some cinema. We all have some cinema sins moments. We we yeah. us as film lovers, we have to admit sometimes it's dumb, it's stupid. There's no reason why it should bug us, but it bugs us because that's how it bugs. Made. Yeah, it, bugs. it happens. Listen to Invisible um, Man for me. It's yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, my last big thing, the last thing, I wish that the music, the music is great. I love the music. But they, they over, they overuse the main theme. (laughs) They use it a lot. They use it so much. And I don't know what it's supposed to like represent. It happens all the time. It happens when happy stuff happens. It happens when sad stuff happens. It's kind of all over the place, and it and it was bugging me what, throughout the whole show. I took it as is that it's this is gonna sound weird. Hopefully, we can follow me. It's okay. like every time you make a move in chess, that's when the music plays. It's every time someone makes makes some money moves. You hear and you hear the tone. If it's a good play, if it's a bad play, if it's this, you hear If it's bad, it's But if it's happy, it's like yeah. It's. I think that's. I think that's what they were going for, but it felt really weird. Also, some of the themes are also just placed really weirdly. And sound really similar, and it's very weird. Like the like general sad theme that they use sounds really, really close to the Stark theme. Yeah, and it was always kind of confused me. I was like, "What?" For like sure, it played like when like uh, the Lannisters were sad, and I was like, "Isn't this the North theme? Why are we playing the North theme right now?" Oh no, this is the sad theme. Oh shit! No, for sure, I I agree with you there. There are some things that are odd. It feels odd. Yeah. But hey. yeah, uh, do you have any other thoughts? Um, I actually love this conversation. This was great. I feel like we both kind of get our sides. I get everything that you say. I understand why people don't like the show. I understand why the eighth season ruined this show for a lot of people. Yeah. I totally it didn't do. ruin the show, but it is a mess. Um, I yeah, I there are things in the show that I think are just really, really well made, and then there's things that yeah. just personally touch me as well and yeah. you know that's 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 what's all about my man <laughs> that's i mean what's better what's better than this stories being told yeah exactly um, fuck exactly man <laughs> okay well i'm gonna go we're gonna go watch a much better tv show called avatar the last air yes that's next that's we're gonna do that in i guess they'll in two weeks, so that'll be the next. Because this episode is two hours long, so I'm going to edit it into half. So the next time we record will be about Avatar. Dope! I'll get started. Good lord. 
It's three seasons. It's pretty quick. All right. Cool. Cool. It's cool, really cool. good. You got two weeks. We can do three if if you need it. All right. For I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll want. I'll I'll watch mm-hmm. it. It's great. Um. Fuck. Okay. My name is Sam Van and I'm Andrew Thomas. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can find us at Welcome Back Pod on all the social medias. Uh, uh, we are produced in part by Lennox Studios over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Welcome Back Pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, again, the world is still in shambles. Um, we get it. Uh, so, yeah, we get it. Don't, don't even worry about supporting us right now. Uh, there are still lots of uh, charities and stuff that are, that are um, taking donations for all of the different protests that are happening across the states and in Canada and all over the world probably, but I don't know about those details. Um, so go support them. Yeah. I think that would be nice. Um, and if you want to support us, you can do that financially on Patreon. You can do it by reviewing the track. You can do it by uh, liking the track. You can, or, you know, reviewing the podcast, doing all that stuff. Uh, that's, that's sort of a, uh, one way you can help out the show. What's another way they might be able to, to help. Tell you, tell your brother, man. Tell, tell, tell your sisters. Your brother, man? Tell, tell your soldiers. Tell everyone. Tell everybody south. Tell everybody south from the wall that Welcome Back Podcast is here to stay. That we are the king of the Nars! King of the Nars! King of the Nars! Yeah, just tell your friends. We would really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, we would. Um... Uh, I don't have a, I don't have an ending. Um, uh, uh, big, just like Benny off and Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs>